Welcome to the Half Yard Line. I am Luke. I am Tim. And this is another of our off-season previews. We're going through all 32 NFL teams before free agency, taking a look at the season that was, the off-season that is in progress slash yet to be, and what that might mean for the season upcoming. Invite you to join us across all of these, a bunch out there in the podcast ether already. And as mentioned, every NFL team will be covered by this uh, dynamic duo of Tim and Luke before uh, before free agency starts. So we encourage you to go out and find those other pods for your favorite team, your least favorite team, the team you go, oh, well, do I care about the Falcons? Well, maybe you do and you can find out via the pod. We also would ask you in that process to Give us a subscribe on your favorite podcast app. Leave us a rating and a review. Very helpful for us with the nebulous pod algorithms. Um, spread the good word amongst friends and family and uh, help us grow this thing. We really appreciate it. You can follow us on the socials at Half Yard Line Pod. You can email us halfyardlinepod at gmail.com if you're more of a fan of that that long form correspondence and we'd be more than happy to receive some. So please do ping us one if you fancy. And today, if you're a Miami Dolphins fan, you may be of particular interest to you as we're or talking not, about. In the case, maybe. Yeah, talking <laughs> about. Uh, I think their hashtag is fins up, fins I believe, up. which I'm not 100% sold on. Uh, Miami Dolphins, Tim, a successful ish season last year. My first exposure to Miami Dolphins came via the Ace Ventura movie in the 1990s before Feels I knew right. anything about football. So I feel like if you're a foreigner such as myself who didn't grow up here, You've always had a little bit of a, a soft spot for uh, Ace Ventura and, by correlation, the Miami Dolphins. Interesting note before I actually let you talk about Ace Ventura. <laughs> okay. In that movie, da- Dan Marino's in that movie, right? I'm, assume, is, I'm yeah. assuming you've seen it. I know you I haven't have. seen any films, but you've seen that one. I've seen that um, one. The, the, the commercial that he's filming from which he is abducted as part of the plot is for Isotoners, Isotoner gloves, so you can kind of place that nicely within the pop culture firmament as you look back on it but uh jim carrey not on this team either last year or this tim who was and how did they get on under michael mcdaniel you know it has to be i think the streakiest season in my recent memory the dolphins start with three consecutive wins they followed it with three consecutive losses they followed that with five consecutive wins followed that with five consecutive losses and then won their last game of the year uh, consistency to for the postseason well there it was consistent in one regard uh, they tended to win the games when their starting quarterback was named Tua Tungavailoa and lose the games where their starting quarterback was named something else uh, so <laughs> Tua up until week 13 was 8 and 0 and everyone else was 0 and 3 um, so not what you're looking for <clears throat> when you're trotting the backup out there. They did wheels did kind of fall off for Tua. He did quarterback four of those five straight losses to finish the season. We all know Tua spent far too much of the season on the in the concussion protocol. He did have the week three quote unquote back injury that was not a concussion, we promise. It looked a lot like a concussion, not, but it was definitely a stinger, not a concussion. Nothing to see here. One hundred Yeah, that was a whole thing. Followed it up in week four with what was clearly a concussion, and a lot of people think his second in two weeks, which is what led to the relatively extended duration uh, him being absent. He came back, played well, took another concussion in week 16, and I think a lot of people think leading up to that week 16 game, he wasn't quite right. There's not a big hit from the week 16 game that sticks out to people as what caused that concussion, but the fact of the matter is he went back in the protocol, uh, finished the year on 
um, in the protocol, did not play in the postseason, did not play in the last couple of weeks of the regular season. I think the right decision for the team long term, if you think two is the guy, though, more to come on that. They come into the offseason with a fair problem, maybe you'd say, <laughs> set of problems in the cap space department. They are $15 million over the cap somehow mm. um, with Tua on his rookie contract. Uh, they have $75 million tied up in Tyree Kill, Bradley Chubb, and Armstead. They also have uh, a couple of corners they're paying an absolute fortune to. So Xavier Howard has got a $10 million hit. Byron Jones has an $18 million hit. We'll talk more about Byron Jones in a minute. He's a bit of a disaster. Um, they don't have a ton of guys at the top. They can uh, kind of cut and save a ton of money. So we'll talk about some options they may have to free up some cap space. They're $15 million over. Going into the offseason, so certainly going to have to do some work there. Um, I don't know, Luke, you know, look kind of wrapping up the season that was in 2022 and, and looking at their flexibility going into the offseason. Did you have any other kind of overarching thoughts? No, not really. It's, it's hard to look beyond the quarterback position just because for the, for the offense and for the team as a whole, as you mentioned, it, there was such a big disparity between Tua and they brought in Teddy Bridgewater as that, you know, steady hand back up, not going to wow you, but won't, you know, throw the game away. Um, Skylar Thompson getting some reps near the end of the year and playing reasonably well reasonably in, in well, spots. Yeah. Despite, I mean, a seventh round rookie, he played, you know, almost as well as you can expect, unless apparently you're Brock Purdy. Um, hard to look beyond Tua and his future, just because, the, as you say, the, the concussions that he suffered, obviously, you know, at a human level was quite frightening. I remember Jordan Cameron, who played for the Dolphins, who was an ex-Browns player. You may remember him. They signed, He was a tight end. They signed him to quite a big money deal. He had to retire because of concussions. This was before the much more uh, microscopic focus on the issue, which is uh, obviously the right thing to do. But, you know, the future for them, the season that was, I would say, just to wrap up on your points, were was, yeah, streaky. You, but Jekyll and Hyde, whatever you want to use as your metaphor, and going forward... They've put a lot of money and effort into put the chips in the middle of the table right now while Tua is cheap, which is the approach a lot of teams are taking on these rookie quarterback contracts. So really, he is the Jenga piece. And if he's not in there, you've surrounded him with options and weapons on the basis of him being there. So it's really uh, quarterbacks always important. I feel like for this team, it's just super critical given how they've tried to construct the team around a rookie on a cheap deal. Yep, I think that's right, which is also going to preface their 2023 offseason plans, Luke. they got to really figure out, what are we doing at the quarterback position? This is Tua going into his fourth year. He was a first-round draft pick uh, coming out of Alabama. I think everyone sort of remembers he got hurt the very tail end of his senior season. Well, his last season in college, rather. Yeah, it's a um, hip injury, wasn't it, I think, when he came Yes, up? it was. Very similar to the Bo Jackson injury. Um, and a lot of people Oof. were unsure if he was ever going to be the same guy again. Certainly took him a little bit to get going in the NFL. His first season, they kind of they, they played him a lot, but they would spell him with uh, uh, Fitzpatrick. Um, yeah, it was the Brian Flores, the QB rotation, where Tua would play well for a bit, then get benched, or wouldn't play well, then get benched and thrown back in, which didn't seem to work very well. Yeah, they would basically bench him when the games were close and they thought they might win, and then they put the other guy in, um, which <laughs> has got to be the weirdest thing i've ever it's seen not great for the confidence is it no played better in 21 uh but really took off in 22 with the addition of tyreek hill you know they really went out and tried to upgrade that offense around him and, and give it a run um with the new hc down there in mia um i think 
the challenge for them is what do you do with his fifth-year option? So most people are saying, well, you got to pick it up. It's a no-brainer. But it's $23 million if they pick it up. And if he can't play or doesn't play, it's guaranteed. It's guaranteed for injury. It's guaranteed for performance. He gets paid that money whether he retires, whether he shows up, whether he plays. And for a team that does not have a ton of cap space this year, um, it, it can create big problems for them next year. So, Luke, before we dive any further, any thoughts on what are they doing with Tua? Do they need to pick him up? You know, One, one other thing before I toss it to you, this is not his first injury spell. He missed games last year. He obviously got hurt in Alabama. He's had injuries throughout his career. You know, he's played well one year, played great one year. He's played well a couple years. Do you do you feel like they're in a position to commit that kind of cap or they need to see another year? I mean, I feel like with the quarterback contracts in the position they're currently in, where you get Derek Carr's a free agent, right? This year we've talked about him on a bunch of these podcasts. You know, he's asking for the $35 million, you know, range for one year. Um I agree with you in terms of it's difficult to be 100% confident, primarily just because of the injuries that Tua has suffered, especially concussions, which is a huge worry because as history has shown, once guys get concussions, they unfortunately become more prone to getting them again, which is uh, really unfortunate. I think you, you pretty much have to pick that up because I agree $23 million is quite a lot. In the quarterback world of today, it's not. It's not. The, the middle level quarterback contract has gone the way of the dinosaur. You don't have guys who are like, yeah, I'll just take you know a middling amount. Every quarterback who becomes available or negotiates for a deal is looking for at least 35 million. But look at the Daniel Jones example, right? Daniel Jones didn't have his fifth year option picked up by the Giants and they're now having to pay him whatever it is, 35, 40 million dollars. And okay, you may have had to do that anyway, but you're adding an extra year of that cost on the front end when you commit to him. So if I was the Dolphins, I'd pick it up. And then ultimately, if Tua can't play or, God forbid, he has to retire or something, um, you you have to live with that and just move on with the position. I think in terms of their 2023 more immediate focus, the priority has to be bringing in a quality backup. And I'm sure you'll probably mention that as a team need because Teddy B kind of wasn't the answer. He also got injured last year and has unfortunately had a bit of an injury bug throughout his NFL career unless you think Skylar Thompson is going to meaningfully step forward, you need a guy who can step in and win games right now. You don't need to necessarily bring in an all-star, but if you even had a Baker Mayfield type guy to come in as your backup, maybe that provides you with enough ammo to say, okay, if two of for any reason can't play, we have somewhere else to go under center, which isn't going to meaning, which is going to impact our ability to operate the offense, but not in such a way that it completely destroys the team. Yeah, no, I mean, you certainly make a good point at the backup spot. Uh, Teddy Bridgewater, you mentioned the injury history. He's also a free agent. Uh, be interested to see what he's going to be looking for from a team. Uh, clearly, Two, two gloves, Tim. I've been consistent about this. Quarterbacks that wear two gloves. I'm don't trust him. You. No. Stop. Don't trust him. Peyton Manning is the only one who's ever done it. Who, and Kenny in Denver Peyton Manning for one year. <laughs> don't trust two gloves. Carry on. They've got 28 free agents, Luke, which is a healthy number. A lot of these guys you think they're letting go. Um not a ton of huge names, but some names you're going to recognize. Gesicki is a free agent this year. They're certainly going to want to try to bring him back. Um, has been big for them. Melvin Ingram, not as big of a number anymore. Uh, most people know that guy's name. He's 34 years old, been in the league in a long time. You wouldn't think that's going to be a cost-prohibitive contract. Given their cap position, bringing back anybody's going to be tough. We just mentioned Teddy Bridgewater um, is a free agent. Jeffrey Wilson Jr., their whole running back 
basically backfield is is on uh, the free agency list. So Mostert, Wilson Jr., and um, uh, Gaskin, Miles Gaskin. So yeah, even Salvan even Salvan Ahmed, who's the other running back who is played sparingly, is also a free agent. Yep, you got Andrew Van Ginkle is on. I mean, there's there there are a bunch of what I would call kind of mid tier players. They don't have a ton of stars. There's no Tyreek Hill on their free agency board, um, but a lot of mid range players that they would like to bring back, and their cap position is going to make that challenging. Um, my view is they're going to have to do some restructuring um, at the top of this thing. Tyreek Hill has got a huge cap number. They can defer some of that in the next year. Bradley Chubb has got a big cap number. They can defer some of that in the next year. Armstead, uh, they can defer some of that in the next year. Byron Jones, they're going to have to figure out what to do with. Um, but I think that he can his situation, which we can discuss in a minute, will probably provide some cap relief. Uh, but all of that is to get you under the cap and then maybe provide you enough to bring back maybe two or three of these guys. Um, I don't know if you think... Or have have thoughts about other FAs they might target, but those are the the list of the ones I thought they needed to at least pay attention to. Yeah, I mean it's hard to say who they should target because to your point they they're finding it tough to get under the cap in the first place. I mean of the guys that you mentioned, you know Gasicki is a, is a really good player. They've kind of phased him out of the offense. He didn't catch a lot of passes last year. They went to this Waddle and Hill led yak attack. So I don't think he's going to come back, and I think he'll be better served going elsewhere, honestly. So of the guys who are pending, yeah, maybe you bring back a running back. I would probably say Jeff Wilson Jr. of that bunch would be the best option. He's the he's 27. He's very familiar with the Mike McDaniel offense from his time in San Francisco. I know you're a big JWJ fan. The other guy you didn't mention who I think they could look to bring back and maybe should if they can is Elandon Roberts, the linebacker. He's been there for quite a while. Solid dependable linebacker in the middle of the field it's not you know a huge premium position from a cost standpoint but you mentioned you know van ginkle's going they brought in kyle van noy a couple of years ago that didn't pan out they had a lot of these expatriates um such as um van noy come through the door i would probably look to bring back a landon roberts another expatriate if possible but uh the likes of melvin ingram i, I don't think it's a huge priority um, you mentioned the, the cap situation. I mean, the cornerback position, I know you have some thoughts on, we can touch on this now. The Byron Jones and, and Xavier, Xavier Howard contracts were handed out a couple of years ago and there was a big hoo-ha about, well, the, the Dolphins now have the two most expensive cornerbacks in the entire NFL. Um, Byron Jones recently tweeted that, you know, don't take the painkillers that the NFL teams give you. I can now no longer run or jump. And this is a guy who people may remember set the world record for a broad jump at the Combine. So a freakishly incredible athlete coming out of UConn who was drafted by the Cowboys, um, now saying that he's basically uh, unable to perform athletic feats and playing quarterback in the NFL for $18 million certainly requires you perform athletic feats. So the quarterback position, it's t- they can't really quote-unquote get out of these contracts i mean xavier howard it's a 30 million dollar dead cap that's not happening byron jones you could save a few million bucks so maybe they just go without right cutting or designate him as a post-june one and try and save some more money um not sure what you think of that situation because i think in terms of areas of need probably one that you would have circled because they also drafted noah igbenogany a few years ago at the end of the first round he's not really panned out so it's not an area they have a ton of depth either no i think Corner, as we look forward to the needs the team has, is is probably number one, which is shocking for a team that has spent the draft and free agency assets in the last couple of years at the position. Um, my Steelers have always been terrible at finding cornerback talent, so I can relate to this at some level. 
Byron Jones yeah. will not be back on this team next year. Um, I, <clears throat> the team is doing the, we're having great conversations, open communication, everything's fine. He has a great relationship with our doctors, and he's tweeting things about how you never trust NFL doctors. There is some speculation that maybe he means earlier in his career when he played for other teams. Mm. I don't know. He wasn't tweeting then. So we'll see. But I'm sh- I'd be shocked if he if he lines up to play, if, even if he's healthy, if, if he could theoretically play. I don't see him playing for this team. If he's healthy to go, maybe you can find a trade partner. Um, he's got a big salary number. It's so a lot of that would transition to the new team. Sometimes you get these big bonus numbers that can stay with the old team and um, you can find some opportunities to do things there. They could restructure the contract before they send him so that the Dolphins eat some of that cap. They don't have the cap to eat. So I think he'd be tough to find a dance partner with just given the cost. But you could look at that. I think it's much more likely he takes a post-June 1 cut designation um, and let him let him play the free agency market if he feels like playing football anymore. Uh, and if not, you know, it's been a decent career. Um, Xavier Howard's the other one you mentioned. He's got a big cap number. He's at $10 million right now. $33 million in dead money if he were to cut him. So clearly he's hanging out. He played very well last year. I mean, he was certainly the best corner on the team. Um, but that's the only one they have. And in, in the modern NFL where you're running out four defensive backs every play, five, six, seven more often now than ever before, you need to have more than one functioning corner. Eric Crow, also a free agent. We didn't mention him as safety corner kind of hybrid guy another expatriate uh so unlikely they'll be bringing him back they did start Kader kohu quite a lot um who's a, a young corner who went to texas a&m commerce which is that's a new one for me i'm not familiar with that apparently it used not to be a lot east of nfl texas. players out of texas a&m commerce east texas or east texas state apparently is what it used to be but yeah they, they um they certainly could do with some reinforcements at that position they don't have a first round pick this year they forfeited it during the well, because of the whole weird tampering with Tom Brady slash Sean Payton thing that happened that I'm sure people read about. They do have two threes and two sixes. So in a position to maybe make some moves, maybe they come back into the end of the first round. Uh, maybe they try and wiggle around the mid rounds and, and pick up some players. I think given the recent trend towards pushing the chips into the tour pot, if you will, they'll probably be pretty aggressive this offseason. Uh, Chris Greer, as the GM there will probably look to make some moves to keep this team in immediate contention because, as you say, two is coming up on the end of that deal. Don't know if you thought they had any other positions that they could use said draft picks to maybe try and fill, given we spoke about their difficulties on the cap side. Yeah, one's going to be linebacker, Luke. They have three outside linebackers and one inside linebacker and then one guy who kind of floats in Channing Tindall on the team. They're going to need more of those uh, just to field a roster, again, with not a lot of money or draft capital to go pick them up. Uh, tight end, if they let Gasicki walk, you know, you mentioned they sort of face him out as a receiver. He was blocking more this year uh, to give Tua some more time, and they had some success doing that. So maybe you can save a little bit of money, look more of a, a true blocking tight end. Running back, given we talked about their entire backfield, is in free agency, is going to be a big uh, question mark for them as well. Those, I think, are the big ones. Um, but ultimately, this offseason is going to come down to, for Miami, what direction are they going to go? Are we still all in on the Tua bandwagon? We're picking up his option or we're looking for a long-term extension even? Um, or are we saying we need to see another year, see if this guy's going to be playing football and we'll worry about the free agency period next year and trying to sign him um, a la Baltimore this year with Lamar. So it'd be interesting to see how that pans out. Uh, but that's going to do it here for us on the half-yard line covering the Miami Dolphins 2022 season recap, 2023 off-season preview, running through all 32 teams ahead of free agency 
Really appreciate the listen. Make sure you check out all our other podcasts on each team, the ones you love, the ones you hate, and the ones you don't give a lick about. Take care. Bye.